0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. But I think the NBA has given a solid enough plan for these guys to be like, okay, I understand the vision here. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show.
0: The Portland Trailblazers have won the world
1: championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom! Chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win
0: 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. Welcome on into episode 25 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe if you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on the show? Or if you heard something I said, want to tell me I'm crazy, lots of people do. Hit me up on Twitter, on the Air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Let's get right to it. We've got a fun episode planned for y'all this week. Joining us now, he is the host of Believe in Cavaliers on Believe Podcast Network. It's Nick Padone. Nick Thank you so much for taking some time coming on the show. Really appreciate it. How are you? And how has your excitement level been since the return of the NBA has been announced?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. First off, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to, you know, talk some NBA, you know, a return to NBA. I'm really excited to see the product that they could put together inside the Orlando bubble. I personally think it's a good idea. I think we're getting to the point now here you know in the end mid to end of June that we could afford we need a return of sports we need basketball more than we have in the past and i'm excited even though my 19 win cavs won't be involved into the fold i'm a, i'm excited to jump on here with you and talk about the blazers return to ball
0: and i i think the cavs uh, kind of got jipped out of the just because they had 19 wins uh, I, I see and i'll kind of lead that off i was in the camp that i thought maybe that the at the point that we're at in the year maybe the playoffs should just start and that's how they finish off the nba season but i understand they kind of wanted to get some semblance of competitiveness uh you know this play-in team game if you're within four games of the eighth spot either in the east or west it it gives the fans something to watch for the final eight games of the regular season come july 30th you know you got four teams the blazers uh, the Suns as well as the Spurs going for that uh, eighth seed with the Grizzlies still three and a half games over the Blazers. So did you like that idea of the play in series or do you think that it puts guys at risk or just uh, where do you sit on that, Nick?
1: Yeah, I like it. The more that I had time to think about it, I think it makes a lot of sense because leave the atmosphere out of it because obviously fans won't be in Orlando, but I think it's going to create an, everyday game. So your regular season game, the rest of the eight, To watch to see what teams can make it into that eighth seed to make it into that final slot. It's going to make every game so much more meaningful, so much more worthwhile for the players to play. And I think that's going to ultimately put the best product on the floor. So, while at first, because I'm a diehard Cavs fan and that's why I host the show, I was definitely disappointed. I would have kind of at that time liked to see the playoffs just start. Like, why torture us and make other teams that wouldn't have been in the playoffs play? like are the phoenix suns that much better than the cavs i'm not sure of that i see it now that um bertans of the wizards are sitting is sitting out so like at this point are the washington wizards that much better than the cavs and they des- do they really deserve a spot so that kind of hurt me a bit but i think for teams like portland that are going to be exciting to watch it is probably the best way to go about it and ultimately i'm i'm not that frustrated anymore that that's the way that they decided to go
0: um, A quick follow-up about that, Nick. We're talking with Nick Padone on Believe in Trailblazers. He's the host of Believe in Cavaliers here on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, This whole bubble league and the timing kind of forces next season, the 2021 NBA season, to be a December start. And I'm wondering if you like that in perpetuity. There's been a lot of talk about moving the NBA season start back to closer to Christmas, not competing with football as much. Um, But a December one start after, you know, for the NBA finals teams less than a month, month and a half uh, after finishing up the season. I know we had a four month gap of guys just sitting this year, but do you think that that's good or bad in perpetuity that the NBA could be starting uh, in December from now on?
1: I mean, it's a bummer because like you said, teams, the the team that's going to make the finals is only going to have a month, month and a half gap of a break before they need to get back on the floor and start off the regular season again. And I know, you know, you know, some of these guys like taking vacations. They like spending time with their families in the off season. And usually for them, that's the summer. Well, obviously now they're going to be, have to be playing through July through August, and that's going to be really different. But ultimately I think a December start could be good for the league. Like you said, uh, that takes away a little bit of the competition with football. Yeah traditionally i'm speaking from you know people and fans here in cleveland this is a cleveland browns town first and foremost so if the browns and the Cavs are for whatever reason on at the same time people are going to pick the browns seven out of seven days even when lebron was in town even when lebron was wow okay unless, unless it was a playoff game it's a Browns town. Even if you had Johnny football or Josh McCown running around, uh,
0: Johnny the, the football Browns, would ruffle my scare. but I understand, I understand what you're saying. I got gotcha. you.
1: Yeah. The, the people just care about that more here. And I feel like that's kind of the state of America it, in, as far as sports go, as people care about football a little bit more than basketball, because fantasy plays such a huge role and stuff and basketball, you know, people's argument is, Oh, well it doesn't really get competitive until after the all-star break. And that's kind of when you see how things are going to shake out out so while it's a bummer that we're not going to have those early months of basketball and it's definitely going to you know raise some questions for teams like the Lakers that are proud like LeBron that you know is getting up there in ages is definitely primed here for a late postseason run what's he going to look like come December 1 if that's when the season's going to start but on the flip side of that I am excited because that means once the basketball starts, it's not going to stop. Right. Because we're going to have the play-in tournament. We're going to have the playoffs. We're going to have the finals. We're going to have the draft lottery. We're going to have the actual draft. And we're going to have free agency. And then just like that, the regular season is going to start all over again. So as a fan, I'm ecstatic. But as far as the logistics go, I'm a bit worried just because I hope that some of these guys, that some of these superstars that will crack the finals are going to have enough time off.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and the Portland Trailblazers. Obviously, everybody, it's kind of just a different plan for every single person. So you got uh, guys making the playoffs, then they're out in the first round. They obviously get a little more time uh, than the teams in the NBA Finals, and the Cavs just kind of get the whole next year off. So that's definitely something uh, to think about. As well, as you mentioned, guys liking to take vacations in the offseason. Well, now uh, they've had these four months off, can't take vacations during this time uh, because of the pandemic Um, but you've got now three months where you're going to be forced into staying in one spot Uh, maybe you're bringing your family maybe you're not uh, you know kind of it's different with everybody so it's just something to think about there you talk about logistics there's so many different things to consider uh, with the changing of the NBA season basically it seems like forever because you don't want to shorten up next season and lose even more money. The goal is to play a full 82-game season starting in 2021, or at least that's what I'm hearing at this point. Uh, we're talking with Nick Padone from the Believe in Cavaliers show on the Believe Podcast Network. And I want to ask a little bit about the Portland Trail Blazers, Nick. In my opinion, I'm not just trying to sound like a Blazers honk. They seem to be one of the biggest beneficiaries of this long suspension from the pandemic. They got Yusuf Nurkic coming back. They got Zach Collins totally healthy. from the outside looking in, does that seem like an automatic boost for them? Or should fans be worried? We're talking about these long layoffs that even the healthy players have had to sit out. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but when guys like the Greek freak, when Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have access to a basketball court for multiple months at a time, it's like, dude, you're the MVP spend that money get a basketball court going get the permits <laughs> get that construction started nba conditioning seems like a much bigger deal than you would think and i want to know what the where you sit on that
1: Yeah, I definitely think it takes a lot of conditioning. I played basketball, you know, not anywhere close to professionally, but to get into that game shape where you're not just standing in one place, shooting shots, and to have the ability to run up and down the floor, I think through this quote unquote play in tournament that they're hosting, we're going to see it kind of act for as a tune up for a lot of guys but to answer your question about the Trailblazers, I definitely think that you guys were the biggest beneficiaries from all this because, like you said, it's reco- you have so many players that have recovered from injuries. Not to mention, at the beginning of all this mess, there was a possibility and there was that quote that was kind of taken out of context from Damian Lillard that if they go this route and the Blazers don't have any chance in the postseason, that he would just sit out and not play and wait until next year to play basketball again so that was shocking and then not to mention you know you're kind of elephant in the room there in Portland is the can Dame and CJ get over the hump together and is that gonna work do you need to blow that up so I think that having this time off being able to play in this play-in tournament and then if you guys crack the eight seed I think that kind of settles down all the quote-unquote problems that you guys might have had brewing in the past with the Dame stuff and everything with the injuries, with everything else, I think you guys definitely were the biggest beneficiaries of this time off.
0: And uh, to, to speak to your point about everybody asking if they should blow up a Damon CJ together, talent-wise, absolutely not. But they are at a point, the Portland Trailblazers, where in about three seasons, they're going to be both making near $50 million a season. So that is, unfortunately going to force Neil O'Shea's hand to either basically signing cheap role players and getting lucky in the draft like they have the past couple of seasons or letting one go. So so as far as talent-wise, together, no, I think they can absolutely take the Blazers to an NBA championship. I feel like this is the format of a winning team right now. This is the blueprint to very high-scoring guards, no matter how big or small they are. So they work together and they love playing with each other in Portland, Nick. But I just don't see it working salary wise uh, here in a couple of seasons. And that uh, I will admit that is a big question that Neil O'Shea and the Blazers organization are going to have to deal with. You just can't pay both of them that astronomical amount of money. It's at that point, almost 60, 70 percent of the team salary cap. Uh, We're talking with Nick. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, and we—I was just going to add—we're trying in Cleveland, trying to piggyback off of that idea and having two high-volume scoring guards. So it'll be interesting to see how the blueprint kind of pans out there in Portland because it's obviously. Worked in a sense for you guys, while there has been no crack at the NBA finals, the Portland Trailblazers are consistently in the thick of things every year and in the thick of relevancy every year where a team like the Cavs, uh, whenever we, you know, whenever the team loses LeBron, it all kind of goes to hell in a handbag for lack of a better term. So if the Colin Sexton, Darius Garland duo works anything like the Damon, CJ duo, c- count me in.
0: Absolutely. You guys in Cleveland could be looking at a competitive team for at least the next decade because that's what you've seen. Portland is always in the national conversation now. And a lot of us fans have been uh, bitching about that for quite a long time. And thankfully, uh, at least they have the right players on their roster to get that conversation going around the country. And speaking of conversation around the country, uh, reports out from the national media this week stating that the most watched first-round series would be, if it happened, the Portland Trail Blazers v. L.A. Lakers, if things were to shake out like that. Obviously, the Blazers still three and a half games uh, behind Memphis. Uh, but they actually, all they got to do is hold off those other three teams, and they're automatically in the play-in if they can uh, hold within four games of the Grizzlies. Uh, so that's kind of how it works out uh, in an interesting way for the Blazers. So national media wanting Blazers v. Lakers. Do you really think the media wants to see that more than a Zion LeBron head-to-head matchup in the first round, the Pelicans v. the Lakers. I'm a diehard Blazers fan, obviously, but I would be stoked to see Zion against LeBron and the Lakers. That man was balling out of his mind, I think, like 22 or 25 points in the first fourth quarter, excuse me, of his first game uh, back in uh, February, I believe it was. I would be wondering which one national media would be wanting to see more because as much as a Blazers fan I am, that Zion-LeBron matchup would be exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm going to side with you and the Zion LeBron matchup is probably the one that the media would want, probably the one that the fans would want despite the success of the Portland Trail Blazers and the Portland Trail Blazers would probably pose more of a 8 to 1 uh you know upset threat to LeBron and the Lakers more than a rookie Zion and Lonzo Ball on the Pelicans. I hate to say this and I hate to be conspiracy theory guy, but yeah. I a piece of me believes that the whole reason that they kind of established this play on tournament play in tournament, was to help Zion just in the slightest really? sneak into the playoffs as a rookie. You know, and kind of have nobody talk about it, a little nudge, nudge, hush, hush type deal that I think they're kind of looking to help Zion as much as they can because they know that that's what the fans want to see. They know they want to see his dunks versus LeBron's dunks, and that would be exciting. Even if they do get swept in, in four, fans, I feel, would be more apt to watch that than they would to be, you know, watching Portland take the Lakers to five or six, for example, just because they want to see Zion Williamson because he is the NBA's most compelling and most exciting young player.
0: Oh, Nick Padone with the cold envelope conspiracy theory, I love it, Nick. I absolutely love those kind of conversations. We could have an entire show just on that topic right there. Oh my gosh, yeah. you just opened up a can of worms, man. That's great. All right, uh, little more, one more question about the national media. Actually, one person in particular. Uh, Nick Padone here on Believe in Trailblazers. He hosts Believe in Cavaliers. Sir Charles Barkley said that the Portland Trailblazers were his dark horse candidate to win an NBA title. I love my Portland Trailblazers, but that could have been a bit of an overstatement after this four months off or three months off or four months, I guess, by the time they're starting playing again. What's your reaction to Sir Charles talking about the Blazers as a dark horse candidate. I know they got to the Western Conference Finals last year, surprised a lot of people, but I, I just, I don't know if they're ready yet.
1: Man, that I know. And that's such a good question for you to ask me. I think it's off base in the sense that the West is already so set. And the fact that, you know, the trailblazers need to create a little bit of magic here in this play in tournament to even crack the eight seed. And then you're going against LeBron and Anthony Davis. If you even get there, I think that's why a lot of people are probably dismissing what Charles Barkley says, but, and I'll throw a button here. If the Portland trailblazers do get in and if they do upset LeBron and AD, he's not off-based at all because if you do those if you check those two boxes the portland trailblazers are as good as anybody left you know how much are people really buying into the clippers i personally haven't seen enough of them in terms of you guys that's a brand new team that played a couple months together and then had this massive layoff Where the Portland Trailblazers pretty much returned everybody from last year, were plagued by injuries at the beginning of the season. And that's how you guys got in this rut that you're in to begin with in having to play into this eight seed instead of sitting where Memphis is at and just defending your own eight seed. So I feel like he's not off base in that sense, where if you guys get in there and if somehow you make it past the first round then there's a conversation to be had because that would make a lot of noise nationally. And, you know, the Trailblazers already have done that, and they're accustomed to doing that.
0: Yeah, and a very healthy Trailblazers team could compete with a very good Milwaukee Bucks, Raptors, you know, Boston Celtics, top-tier teams of the East for sure. And I, I do want to remind you, though, Nick, they did lose a couple of guys, unfortunately, and it wasn't just injuries. It was some growing pains at the beginning of the season. Myers Leonard gone. Moe Harkless, which was basically the anchor on the defensive end and hit much-needed threes at times that the Blazers got last year that they were missing so desperately this year. Uh, Evan Turner obviously being traded last midseason. So there were some guys that they were desperately missing at the beginning of the year. Thankfully, they were able uh, to kind of get through those growing pains and then swap Kent Bazemore, who wasn't playing well at all for Portland, into Trevor Ariza, who has become the savvy vet hitting – more threes and playing much more like he was uh, a Houston version or the Washington wizards version of Trevor Ariza. So uh, just a uh, blazers, man, they made some bad decisions, uh, letting like mo hardless go. And I was wondering if they should have brought him back later in the season was surprised that they didn't, uh, actually, I guess he never became available. Was surprised that the Knicks never let him go after they acquired him a uh, mid season, just as a salary dump. Uh, so uh, Nick to talk about, all these possibilities. It's really fun. But I still question whether or not the NBA season will even happen. Uh, just a couple of days ago, five Philadelphia Phillies players, three staffers tested positive for COVID-19. That was at their practice facility in Florida. Uh, recently, they had a single day increase of 4,000 people. Uh, with coronavirus there. And then I think uh, late last Friday, Clemson University, I know it's not in Florida, but 23 football players all testing positive for coronavirus. This is obviously going to spread when athletes are in such close quarters. Sure, all right, NBA players have already agreed to a schedule unlike maybe Major League Baseball, uh, but I think they're more concerned about money than safety at this point but the NBA is about to resume playing in a state where virus numbers have exploded. At some point, you've got to take a bit of risk and just try to mitigate it as best as possible, but how willing do you think players are going to be to go play if they continue to see these busting up numbers getting higher of coronavirus cases?
1: I think probably about 90% of them, 90% of players are willing to run that risk, and some of the players are probably not as likely to, you know, be as accepting, I guess that 10% but Adam Silver's kind of made it pretty obvious here that he wants a restart no matter what. Yeah. And the, you know, I think July 30th they're going to go in there and they're going to give it their best shot to resume play that, you know, they're going to head down to Orlando administer the tests. I'm sure at that point, you know, to when people start taking the tests to get onto the Orlando campus, the bubble that they have down there, there's going to be a ring of, you know, 10 to 15, 20 guys, probably off rip. That are, you know, showing no symptoms, but tested positive for the coronavirus and then are going to have to sit in the, you know, um, what's it called? The extra housing for the quarantine. Yeah, like it's like there's a whole
0: separate thing that they're allowed to go for for two weeks or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like in in that first initial wave of testing, you know, we're going to have a bunch of Woj and Shams bombs telling us about all these <laughs> players that tested positive before the season is even able to get off. And it'll start a whole nother national conversation of, is this even a good idea to get going? But I think that NBA has, in the last week at least, because it has flip-flopped back and forth, given a solid enough plan for these guys to be like, okay, I understand. I, I understand the vision here. Because last weekend, Kyrie brought you know question marks to everybody. And I did a whole show on how Kyrie says some pretty crazy things. He said some pretty crazy things throughout his Cavaliers career as well but this time he wasn't off base. Like he was yeah. talking about not only the social injustice stuff, but also just the practicality of this whole return. You know, a lot of these guys have their personal chefs, nutritionists, trainers, are these guys going to be allowed in the bubble? Or are they going to be allowed to get packages? You know, what's it actually going to look like? And I feel like the NBA countered that this week and gave them a much more detailed and a much more set in stone cement plan that kind of, probably appealed to the players because you haven't heard much black backlash. I haven't heard any since they since they went on that huge array of this is what it's going to look like. You're going to be able to get packages. People X, Y, and Z are going to be allowed in the bubble, and they made it a lot more set in stone. So once they get past that initial wave of scare of everybody getting into Orlando, I feel like the season might go off without a hitch. If these guys do, are truthful to their word, don't leave this campus and stay on there i don't see how the coronavirus could get in if everybody that's in the bubble stays in the bubble and doesn't break any rules
0: yeah getting nine million people to buy into you know one concept that's obviously really hard getting say 900 people players and staffers to get into buying into a concept and following the rules that's A a tad bit easier, you would say. I'm just concerned about, you know, those young, healthy guys that are players. That's not really the main issue, because although I will say that you have seen, you know, the rare cases of young, healthy people, you know, 25 to 35, 40, this is affecting all ages and killing all ages. So it's something to consider as well as the older staffers on teams. You know, a lot of coaches are, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus. And uh, I know that uh, there's probably going to be some guys missing from the bench uh, when they get back into that bubble league in Orlando. So, and. and- you know, the the whole back and forth thing, Nick, we're talking with Nick Padone, host of Believe in Cavaliers on the Believe Trailblazer, or excuse me, the Believe Podcast Network. We're on the Believe in Trailblazers podcast right now. Uh, it, you talk about the back and forth thing, Nick. I, I almost feel like I've been having like deja vu week to week because it's like we're playing, we're not playing, we're playing, we're not playing. But it sounds like you're very sure, more sure than I am uh, that they're going to play, that uh, the, the Leak's going to go off without a hitch. And I want to share your optimism, dude. I really do. I guess I just have a little more concern about these guys' health um, and what the potential of, you know, what could happen to their families or anything. So I just, I want to see sports again. We need it, Nick. But I am definitely concerned. So I, I don't know if you can say anything else to quell my concerns or tell me that I'm nuts or maybe say my concerns are founded because I just feel a little crazy going back and forth like this.
1: Oh, you're not crazy because this is so serious. And you know, it's obviously been pounded into our heads since the beginning of March how serious this is. And you know, the social distancing was such the hot commodity of those months of we have to stay inside. You and know, the NBA made know. us
0: force forced us to look at it more so than anything.
1: Yep. For sure. For, you know, nobody will forget the night that the coronavirus in a sense became real when an entire league shut down, you know, for the first time for a public health crisis. Like, so nobody expected that to happen. Nobody saw that coming and it just came out of nowhere and slapped us all in the face. So you're definitely not off base for feeling concerned for these guys' safety and these guys' health, especially in relation to their families. But If they do this the right way, and if they do this, how Adam Silver and his committee are kind of promising in a sense of, listen, guys, if you stay on campus, if you stay in these three allotted hotels, players are allowed to go to other players' games, but that's going to be it. Select families are going to be here. No friends, no fans. I don't think that this will be as extreme as it's made out to be, unless, unless, these rules start getting tweaked and like, Oh, well this media member is oh, coming yeah. from Atlanta and is flying in to do a one-on-one interview with, you know, say CJ McCollum and this reporter and this cameraman is, are going to come in from Memphis, Tennessee and from Columbus, Ohio. And then I'll get a little bit concerned because now you're taking a Petri dish of people that live all over the place and slowly pulling them into the bubble. No, The bubble needs to be set on July 30th when these guys get there and when the end, or, you know, if they get there a little bit earlier, July 28th, July 29th, when you're in, you're in and you're not leaving unless your team's eliminated and you're going home. I hate to make it sound that way because that's no way to live. And imagine explaining a concept like this to somebody at the beginning of the year, they'd call you insane. You know, that oh, yeah. you're gonna make professional athletes sit in three designated hotels and not let them go anywhere. Nobody else. tells
0: me what to do, man. It's like, uh well we're gonna
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So It's such a crazy concept, but if they pull it off, if everyone buys in, and like you said, it's a lot easier to get 900 NBA people to buy in than it's going to be for the NFL to do a 32-team bubble of 53-man rosters. That's a different conversation for a different day. But if the NBA gets everybody to buy in, I'm not that concerned about it. You will have positive tests. They've said that. We're going to have positive tests. But as long as we address it quickly, we address it properly, and we get these guys in quarantine and not have it spread like you know wildfire it's gonna be okay
0: all right nick one last uh, more fun question before we let you go uh with the coronavirus pandemic obviously a lot more downtime a lot more downtime to discover things non-sports related on tv obviously besides the last dance that was freaking awesome uh, long uh, lost summer or what God, what was the do you remember the name of that uh, long gone summer that's what it was uh, that was good last week from ESPN uh, talking about the uh, home run chase uh, 98 summer Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa so have you been watching any old games or binge watching any TV shows during the pandemic
1: um, I have, I've watched a couple old games, um, up here in Cleveland, you know, Fox sports, Ohio, we almost had, we just had the anniversary of coming back from down three games to one. Oh. So it was cool to relive that today actually is the four-year anniversary of the championship parade. 1.3 million people downtown, yada, yada. Everybody's seen those pictures. Ah, that's that's has kind of, Yeah, it's been kind of cool to relive that run. They replayed on NFL Network, Baker Mayfield's first game in a Cleveland Browns uniform. So that was exciting to watch. A couple old Ohio State football games. As far as sports go, that's all I've really watched. I did watch the last dance. I did watch the 30 for 30 last weekend but I've, I've been watching a lot of other TV, too. I, like everybody else, I watched Tiger King. That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. did um,
0: uh, Nicolas Cage going to play Joe Exotic in an actual Netflix series? I'm excited if that's going to happen.
1: I hope so. I, I hope, yeah, I'll take as much Tiger King content as I can. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I finished up the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. That whole thing was just mind-blowing oh and earth-shattering. That was on Netflix. I've just spent a lot of time hanging out with family, friends, watching a lot of HGTV and you know, big love it or list it guy. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm a Pro- Property guy. brothers. Oh,
0: property brothers. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could literally just turn that on and shut your brain off and watch it for hours. So yeah, just kind of relaxing and catching up in this time without sports, but I'm definitely ready for it to come back.
0: Oh, and Nick, one question that just popped into my head before we go, Nick Padone host to believe in Cavaliers on the believe podcast network. The whole Kevin Love conversation, uh, wanting to get out of Cleveland, then his agent throwing out uh, the Portland Trailblazers as his chosen destination. Did you buy that? Is that real, or was that just a case of an agent trying to stir the waters in the media, making something happen?
1: Uh, I believe it a little bit. I definitely think that Kevin Love, um, at one point in this season, I don't know if it's his feelings now, but mid season when They were definitely at their roughest patch, and Colin Sexton and Darius Garland weren't playing well. Kevin kind of fell out of his role in the offense altogether. I definitely think that that was real and that was discussed because Kevin is from Oregon. He's from like that Lake Oswego or whatever. Lake Oswego. That's
0: right. Yeah. No, it's all good. You're not from here. I don't expect you to get it right. It's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's from, you know, there. So I think that definitely was probably likely the issue with the Kevin Love trade is to the contract, right? Because everything else checks out. He's a floor spacing shooter that could grab rebounds. And he's a decent team locker room guy. But that contract, man, that giant extension that they signed him right when LeBron left. That's going to be the biggest uh, thing that gets in the way for whether it be the Portland Trailblazers or any other team that reaches out to the Cavaliers in regards to a Kevin Love trade.
0: Yeah, that is an albatross. Uh, You're going to have to give the Cavaliers enough talent to convince them to take on some of that salary, or you're going to have to clear enough of your books, and the Blazers did not want to give Hassan Whiteside up at the time in a trade for Kevin Love, and that was the main piece being discussed. But some good insight, uh, what was going on there. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Believe in Trailblazers, talk about all these changing storylines. I really appreciate it, and uh, we got to have you on again soon, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, as far as Cavs go, a lot of exciting stuff. Draft lottery, right? Which way were those ping pong balls going to fly? Then you got the actual draft itself. We'll definitely do this again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody check out Believe in Cavaliers. It's one of the best NBA shows on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks again, Nick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one, man.
0: Wave at him as he goes. That's Nick Padone, host of Believe in Cavaliers on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, that's a wrap of episode 25 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered or you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the Air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. That's all for now, Portland fans. Please. Stay healthy and wash your hands. Thanks to Nick Padone again for coming on the show. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.